Hey, what's going on, Redskins Axe? It's your host, Rod. And we are back with pod 35. Uh, not much debate for the name. Uh, I went with the, the, uh, the name chosen by the other, the other host. So Martin Mayhew is the yeah. name of the pod. So he was, he was a little bit about Martin Mayhew. He's drafted by the Buffalo Bills in the 10th round of, uh, 1998. 1988 draft from Florida State. Uh, he ended up playing eight seasons in the NFL from 89 to 96. Uh, he won Super Bowl 26, and he's a starter for the Washington Redskins. Um, and actually, that game, it was kind of cool to look up the stats. I'm glad you guys chose him. He he led the team in tackles uh, that game with five, and he was actually tied with Wilbur Marshall. Uh, overall, he finishes his playing career with 618 tackles, uh, 21 interceptions, five forced fumbles, two touchdowns. Uh, but beyond that, he had a pretty – well, he's had a pretty good career in the uh, front offices. So he had a long career uh, pretty much uh, with the Lions. Uh, his highest position was with the GM from uh, 20, 2008 to 2015, and he's currently serving as a vice president of player personnel with the San Francisco 49ers. So, uh, oh, wow. Out. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty him. Pretty cool. I, I appreciate that. You guys make me do some research on the uh, <laughs> the guys when they come up. So, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's cool to see a former former Washington Redskins still in the league, an executive role, and doing good things uh, for himself. So, well, gentlemen, we will then slide on over to the Bengals preview. So, pulling up the all time stats or record for these two teams, I was kind of shocked that uh. We only played them ten times. I thought I thought we met them a whole lot more often. But uh, yeah, the first game we played them was uh 1970. Uh, we got the win. Uh, and then it's kind of been back and forth. The overall series is five, four, and one. And didn't you say leading. when when the Cowboys we played the Cowboys? You you also stated Andy Dalton's record against us, and I thought you said it was like four and zero or something like that. Or four or three, three, three oh and one. Three oh and one. That's it. Yeah. 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 Yep. So uh he's beat us since he came in the league, whatever, but uh we've had three consecutive losses to them, and then uh I guess infamously uh we tied them London. at Wembley Stadium in London, yeah, two thousand sixteen, which is crazy because it seems like that was yesterday. It was actually four years ago. So uh yeah, five, four and one all time versus the Cincinnati Bengals. So let's uh Let's see if we can at least uh, even it up, make it 5-5-1, five, five and one, and kind of move forward from there. So, gentlemen, how do you think we match up with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals as we go into this uh, this game? Uh, Steve, we'll start with you. Uh, well, just taking a look at the quick injury report. Um, their injury report was flooded from the, from the beginning of the week leading up to now, but in the end it looks like they'll, they'll have – if you don't practice Thursday, usually there's a good chance you don't play. But one of these is an illness, so we'll call that three. Uh, looks like we won't see Joe Mixon, who L.E. graciously calls uh, Antonio Gibson baby Mixon. So we won't see Joe Mixon, but that means we'll see Samaj P. Ryan and the former Redskin, the bowling ball. P. Ryan. Ball. P. Ryan has I, – I watched them last week because I know we were going to be playing them. He looks suspiciously fast. I always liked him. He just, there was nothing. He didn't do anything great. He didn't do anything bad. He was just North and South. It's, I, I mean, I, nothing crazy, right? That's fine with me. Yeah, I, yeah. I hate the East West guys, man. Uh, it's, it's cool to see he's still in the league playing, you know, he didn't get yeah, too much burn with us, but uh, yeah, he looked, he looked really fast yeah. last week. I was like, Holy hell. Like that's P Ryan, but 
Yeah, I guess we'll yeah. The bowling ball with knives is what they called him coming out of college. Really? Yeah. He was like he ran like a bowling ball with knives. Just, <laughs> and, he, and I and you understand, you know, Rod probably remember. I was the biggest P Ryan fan when he was here. Like I just thought that this guy, if God, if Jay Gruden could commit to an actual run game that matched the pass game, we could do something with this dude. And, you know, I remember everyone blaming him for that loss in New Orleans because he fumbled at their – he basically was the reason why we were trying to hold a lead. And no one blamed the fact that the defense left, you know, 17 points in three and a half minutes or whatever. Was, oh, no, Pete Ryan fumbled. Wait a minute. <laughs> we shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. He was the reason why we were – he was part of the reason why we were up by 17 points. Yeah, I yeah. like him. I was, I was a big P. Ryan guy. Was that so, his problem with us? Was he? Was he? He had some. He had some. He had some fumble problems, and you know, with Jay, if you if you fumbled, you fell out of his good graces very quickly. That's crazy. Like I'm looking at his stats, I mean, so his career, he has three fumbles, or two fumbles, and they were both as a rookie with us in 2017. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think he had some more in the preseason, and I, you know, he Jay, had like two he held, in the he preseason. Held, he held grudges. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he could have been a good good piece to this team as a as a power back, but so Joe, so no Joe Mixon. We'll see Giovanni Bernard. We'll see uh, Samaji P. Ryan. Um, looks like Alex Redmond, their guard, is going to be out. And excuse me, T. Higgins is out because it's just an illness. But I would love if we didn't have to face T. Higgins because I feel like our defense is going to be challenged with this offense because they have some very explosive weapons on offense. And Joe Burrow, we can talk about later. So and on the on the injury front on our side, it's all do not did not plays Wednesday and Thursday. So Ryan Anderson, Jerron Christian, DeSager Everett, Dustin Hopkins, Dontrell Inman, Cornelius Lucas, and Jared Norris. I highly doubt we will see any of those guys on Sunday. So Ryan Anderson, yeah, we haven't seen him all year. Jerron Christian, I read an article today that we're gonna see Moses at tackle probably if Lucas doesn't play. So I know um, looks like I've, Lucas will not play. So. Yeah, so it might be left tackle for Moses. I'm very interested to see how that goes. My my preseason question was, why not put the best tackle we have at left tackle and see what happens? I, why not? Right? Why not? I, asked that, I remember asking that question. So I'm I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, look, it can't make things worse for uh, for for young Alex. Oh, I can't call him that. What am I trying well, to do here? Old Alex. Old Alex. I was trying to be sarcastic, but it's like <laughs> no, that's, it's it's too real to be sarcastic. Yeah. Old man Alex, like old man Logan. He's old man Alex. But his leg is made of leg made of adamantium. I'm looking at a quote from Ron Rivera earlier today. Uh, not really a quote per se, but it says uh, the Redskins would have. Drafted Joe Burrow had he been available at number two? Oh, of course. Like, why, why would you even? I, I I get it, but like, why is that even necessary? Not necessary. Didn't have you to could, say. You could you could say he's he's good. He's he's had a promising young Didn't season. He? Twelve touchdowns, five interceptions, twenty five hundred yards. Like he's he's someone that, that they could probably build around. Like you don't have to say that. Like Chase Young has been fucking excellent for us. Oh, absolutely. And you let's, keep telling us well, that you might go back to Dwayne. 
let's be real. He also said that he had a first round grade on Dwayne last year. So, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Joe Burrow is going to be a good quarterback in this league. I watched him play. They had a Monday or Sunday night game earlier on the season, and I was very, very impressed of how how poised he was, how and some of the throws he made. Now they end up losing the game, but. He started out the season very well. So I think he has a bright career ahead of him. I don't know how much we're going to be able to, to get to him on defense. This is the time that we have the best pass defense in the NFL. People keep on touting. So let's make our money on Sunday and see if we can fluster this kid because he's got T. Higgins. He's got, um, well, A.J. Green. Tyler Boyd. Who's, Tyler Boyd, who's probably, you know, I would say at this point in his career, he's doing much more than – than AJ Green, although AJ Green has gotten second most targets on this team with 68. Tyler Boyd's got 76. Though. But Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are the one and two receivers, if you ask me, on this team. And, and AJ Green looks like he's taking a back seat. So I don't know. Tyler Boyd's be- catch rate is insane, by the way. Let's he see. has 60 catches on 76 targets. That's a that's a, a 79, 79% catch rate. Now, is that a testament to the accuracy of the throwing? Or it's got to be a little bit of both, right? The throwing, the ability to catch, and an offense that finds ways to scheme him open. Yep. <clears throat> Scott. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Scott Turner, are you paying attention? <laughs> He's not. Scott Turner's still asleep. Oh, man. Um, and as far as their defense goes, I don't, I think their defense is a little bit, you know, nothing people don't really plan for their defense. I'll say it. I don't think it's very, it's not great. So they're, they're for points, they're 24th for yards they're 26. So I would say this is kind of on par with Detroit, what we saw last week in which we almost won the game. So is the game winnable? Absolutely. But I, I, so I think our offense can score the points. The question is, can our defense hold their offense? That's what you really have to ask yourself. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we got to get to them. I, I think that's, like you said, that's, that's the key. We we got to, we got to put the young kid under pressure and, and don't let him sit back there and look too impressive against us. So. Is it, is it strange that I feel like I would be a little more comfortable if, if Mixon were playing only because of the fact that then we know their running game would be running through one man. And they don't particularly uh, commit to the run very well. They only average 105 yards a game rushing the ball, which is not great for team numbers. Uh, So I would actually feel a little more comfortable if, you know, they were just still going through one man instead of, multiple people in terms of stopping their offense. If I mean, obviously they can throw the ball over the field, but it does help if you can turn them one dimensional. Um, you know, they average, you know, 101 yard, 105 yards per game as a team for comparison. All right. We're a team that doesn't run the ball at all. So we average 91. Um, they're a team that has Joe Mixon and uses them and they only get 105 a game. So there's something to to consider with that. But with the fact that, you know, they're going to be running multiple running backs at us, kind of like the way Detroit did last week where they ended up kind of leaning on uh, the kid Swift. But, um, you know, they still had AP in there and a couple other guys, I think, got a couple runs. So I would like to see us, you know, force them 
to beat us throwing beat us throwing the ball and to not have a running game that kind of keeps the defense honest. So we do have to stop them early, but I just something about them having multiple running backs they're going to be using on uh, in packages instead of trying to lean on just Joe Mixon. That for some reason concerns me a little more. We don't seem to handle the change of pace too particularly well. We we do better when we're focused on one man. Yeah, I, I wish there was a stat that would show how we perform versus backups, whether it's a backup running back or a tight end or a quarterback. There's probably whatever. someone out there who has that stat because apparently that's that's all the rage these days is stats. So let's get let's get rich. Let's do it ourselves. No one else is seriously, doing it. seriously. <laughs> um, if I didn't have a know, normal day to day job, I would for sure. Um, so looking at the Bengals' record this year, so they are two six and one. I will say their schedule looks much harder than ours has so far. So they beat, they lost to the Chargers week one. That was Tyrod Taylor. That was, hold on. Was that the Tyrod? I don't know if he got injured before the season started or after. I can't after. remember. After. He, after. Played, he, he played like one or two weeks or something like that. Okay. So they lost that game 13 to 16. They lost to Cleveland, and Cleveland's a good team. They tied Philly 23 23. So I know Philly's record is what it is, but Philly's still a good team. For us, though, the implications of that, if if we beat them, that would help with a tie. I even hate that we still talk about playoffs with a 2-17. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I hate it, too. It it does buy into the tiebreaker scenario, though, if if you know with uh, versus common opponents. And and they they beat Jacksonville, which they should have because Jacksonville is not a good team. Then they lost to Baltimore. I mean, they got demolished by Baltimore, twenty-seven-three. We 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 fared better against Baltimore um, than they did. And then Indianapolis, they lost to them, which Indy's a good team. Still got Philip Rivers and a pretty damn good defense. Cleveland, they lost again, thirty-four thirty-seven by three. So they played Cleveland thirty thirty to thirty-five and thirty-four thirty-seven. They lost, and then they beat Tennessee. 31-20, which was very interesting. And then they lost to Pittsburgh. They got demolished 36-10. to 10. So this game is is very winnable. For the Bengals. I mean, for both for, for both teams. <laughs> now, when we get to predictions, I'll tell you my prediction. It's it's yeah. not in favor of our football team. I'll, put, I'll say that way. But, um, yeah, I mean, the game is winnable. Yeah. So. This way, we're not we're, – we're not – getting our asses handed to us by bad teams in the overall scheme of things. We are in the first half. Um, is it winnable? Yes. Um, the very few games left aren't quote unquote winnable. It's whether or not we go out there and actually do something in the first half. We've had two games against the giants and a game against the lions in which we just completely crapped the bed for 30 minutes and then we came out looking like a playoff team for 30 minutes. And you can't win games doing that. You know, you, you just can't. And it all depends on where this game is by halftime. They'll tell you anything. If we're down big, we'll come back and we'll lose by three. If we actually are competitive in the first half, those second half adjustments may work in our favor and we end up winning the game. But I have thoughts on how that's going to go. But we'll share those later. Yeah. So I think we're sliding into the Washington football team wins if 
and I'll, I'll start off this segment. So for me, I think the Washington football team wins if you hold Joe Burrow to 200 or less yards passing. Um, you got to contain the young talent. He's kid's got a good arm. His stats, touchdown to interception-wise, don't really jump off the charts. But he's ninth in the league in passing, like over 2,500 yards, 2,584, something like that. Uh, 12 touchdowns, five interceptions. So um, he's doing what you need a young quarterback to do. Um, and Steve just really rattled through uh, their scores of some of their games. He's had them competitive. They've been in close games. Um and they've been in situations where they could have won. And I think that he's gaining valuable experience um, in doing such. And as you start to get to the second half of, you know, this NFL season, you start to see some of the, the nuances and the capabilities really uh, come to a head and, and see really what this young team has got. Um, so for us, keep him uh, composed especially with what you said earlier, Phil, we're unsure what the running back position is going to bring this game. So if we kind of keep it sort of one dimensional and not have it just blow out of proportions, I think we got a decent chance at winning. What say you, Phil? Um, Washington football team wins. If we run the ball more than 30 times in this game as a team. And that also means that at least two thirds of those, 30 carries go to Antonio Gibson or hell Gibson to Peyton Barber. Just don't run McKissick. Um, no, so it, we have to run. The ball. We have to keep time of possession is something that we've won big time in the last few games, but because we've been throwing the ball with all these little East West dink dunk, you know, possession receiving type of plays. I would love for us to win time of possession because we're running the ball and having a bit more of a physical approach to the game. Big part of that is because it takes the pressure off the passing game to win. Plus, if we're running the ball that much, we aren't down 17, 20 points in the game either. So we win this game if we run the ball at least 30 times. 30 times. I'm glad I was muted because I almost died. That would yeah, be incredible. Right. I would I would love for it. I mean, everyone loves smash mouth football and sure. I mean, if we can rush the ball 30 times, like you said, that means I, I wonder what's, what's the what's the most we've run in one single game this year. That's I'm my, pulling I, that I, up right now and I think I have an answer for you. That's why I've been doing this well. Um really I'm, lazy, so I'll let Phil do I'm it. gonna say 20 27. No, because the most okay, we ran the ball 39 times against Dallas. Uh okay, because we were winning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just uh, okay. And the un- other win we had was against Philly, and that was that game that they gave seventeen car- carries to freaking Peyton Barber on his own. Oh yeah. Start- um, we ran the ball thirty six times that game. Only had eighty yards, but still, we ran the ball thirty six times. There's your two most. Two wins and plus 30 rushes. I wonder if, if we ran for less than 30 each of those other wins now or losses. I'll tell you. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. Arizona. God. Pro football focus sucks. Uh, or, or pro football reference. Uh, Arizona, 23 rushes. Did we run back to Cleveland? Cleveland. 23, 22 rushes. 
Yeah, I mean, we've been, yeah, we've, we've, been, developing we've been here down for so many games. I, I don't think, you know, the Dallas one against probably it, but so yeah, Baltimore 22, Baltimore 22, yeah, yep, Rams 14. <laughs> Phil, you might be onto something. What was the game where, on, we, where we ran only nine? That was two weeks ago, yeah, so 24 rushes versus the Giants the first time. That's right. Second time is nine, nine rushes. Yeah, yep. nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Lions, we had 26 rushes. Scott, I'll be damned. Fucking Scott. There's, ladies and gentlemen, there are your earth-shattering analytics brought to you by Redskins Addicts. Are we, are we going to hinder the development of an entire offense at the sake of an offensive coordinator? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Let me put that in, in the same framework as people say, uh, were we going to uh, uh, risk the evaluation of the entire offense at the risk of Dwayne Haskins? You know what I mean? I feel that sometimes that's how we, that's how I feel about Scott Turner sometimes. Are we risking the evaluation of the entire offense because he's learning how to be an offensive coordinator, which I get. He has to learn. But I don't know. Man. I would – I would. here's the thing. I, and hopefully, you know, you have those moments of learning. I'm going to give you a, a key piece of advice, Scott. When you're at the opponent's 20-yard line and it's <laughs> second and eight, second and nine, it is not a good time to run a reverse that runs J.D. McKissick 10 yards in the backfield. And then take a sack immediately following that play. Well, that one's on Alex because he should have known better. Damn. All right. Well, so for, so for me, Washington wins if. And I hate I hate to do this because – I don't like when people ask you a direct question, answer a direct question, but I'm going to go against against your question, Rod, and answer it with two, two answers. So Washington wins if Alex Smith throws two touchdown passes. And I say that because he has 104 completions and one touchdown pass this year. Yeah. Three interceptions too. I was just looking at and it. Three and three interceptions. It's I all mean, against the Giants. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all against the Giants. So even if you take the Giants away, he's had let's say one touchdown and and nothing. Does that make no, you no, feel no, good? That though? touchdown against the Giants too. It, it doesn't make me feel so. Yeah. Last game we so we didn't give credit to Alex Smith last game during our wrap up. I gave Antonio, him a game ball. No, you did. You did. You did. Antonio Gibson ran in for two touchdowns, but I will say Alex Smith got us there. I'm not denying that whatsoever. And I'm not counting last week's game because I think we were effective in the red zone. We were because JD McKissick had a, a run too. We were yeah. I don't know what our what our red zone percentage was, but it was pretty good, and that's okay. But Alex Smith has got to find a way to score outside the red zone. I mean, look what some some deep plays, some some something, or if if it's going to be that we pounded him with our running backs, that's okay. So that's why I'm saying my second part to that Washington football wins if. We have to pressure Joe Burrow. Montez Sweat is the leading sack person on this defense with five sacks. I know I don't want to get wrapped up into all stats, and, and a lot of what Chase Young's doing is the non-tangible stuff, taking up two blockers, taking up three blockers, and he only has three and a half sacks on the year. But we have got to pressure the quarterback. Plain and simple. Doesn't matter who does it. We have to pressure the cornerback because we need interior pressure. 
Yeah, if if T Higgins and Tyler Boyd have all day to run routes, we can't. We're not. I don't think we're going to be able to cover them. I really, really don't. Given, given the no, no Landon Collins, given no Fabian Moreau, like so, you got to pressure the quarterback. So I think Alex Smith needs to throw more than two touchdowns, and we have to pressure the quarterback. Not sacks. He's got to be hurried. He's got to be flustered. He's got to be rushed. So I would my... I, I I really agree with that. I really think that we are getting a lack of interior push. Um sweat, you know Chase Young is, is completely taking up everything on the outside. Sweat draws attention on his side. But it's like Duran and, and John Allen, I almost feel like that they should their roles should be reversed in where they play on that line. For some reason they loved line um they love the line paying up outside, you know, between guard and tackle. Yeah. And then they leave Allen head up over to guard or guard or between guard and center. And I almost feel like they should be in reverse places because they're asking Payne to make the more athletic moves um, to get to the quarterback or yeah. to, you know, take up blockers and all that. And I really think that Payne – being that he's a guy who can really, you know, draw a double team himself if he wants to, he should be kind of lining up almost over nose if you're going to have to do that, that overlook. And then let Allen be the one trying to make the more athletic moves around a guard or a center or a tackle. But uh, I don't know. I just feel like they're almost like they're almost always lining them up opposite how I would line them up, just given their physical talents. Call me crazy, but. I wouldn't be upset if this team traded Jonathan Allen in the offseason. If I had to choose between the interior, to, Ioannidis is out of the question for me. That dude's staying. I would trade John Allen in the offseason, and I would keep Deron Payne because he's a run stuffer. John Allen's a first-round pick. I don't think he's performed as a first-round pick, if you ask me. It all depends on who you talk to, because a lot of the, uh, the analytic folks will tell you that John Allen does a lot of things that just don't register on a stat sheet. Okay. But okay. uh, and and he's also a, a locker room leader. But I, I we have that. a lot of those. Yeah, we have a lot of those. We have a lot of guys who are young leaders in that locker room. Um, I wish they'd turn off the stereo on Fridays, but nonetheless, um, so I can see where Allen has a role. I kind of agree with you, though. Of the three interior linemen that we love and that kind of form that 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 wall. Uh, yeah, I mean, right now, Allen's the odd man out if you keep two of three, to me. You yeah. know, I think Ioannidis is do, do you guys raw, raw power. Um, do you guys trust the ahead. pro football focus ratings? To an extent, why? Uh, no, well, I, no I, I do. Wait, before you even say it. I, I trust the pro football focus ratings because they're they're mutually exclusive of of all of the extra bullshit that we we talk about. So they take things on surface level. They they take into account if if a, you know if a guy is open and the quarterback misses him, well that's not the receiver's fault. That's the quarterback's fault or vi- vice versa. You know what I mean? So yes, I trust PFF's ratings. So lay it on us. No, no. The, the reason I ask is that I, so Tim Settles are. Uh our highest rated defensive lineman, uh, 19th out of 124 uh, defense interior linemen. He doesn't even get that much playing time. I know it's, it's weird, but yeah. So, um, and then Allen's right behind him at 21st and then Payne's 48th 
Uh, then, you know, obviously Ioannidis isn't rated because he just he got yeah. injured. Uh, then uh, for the bookends, you know, the edge rushers, Chase Young's 18th, uh, Sweat's 27th. Yeah. Not bad, though. I mean, fucking top 50 across the board. Well, that's crazy because, you know, Montez has five sacks and Chase has three and a half. That just goes to show you that the evaluation of, of the bookends is correct because – I think Chase is doing much more of the intangible stuff that we don't see. So I, I trust it. I can't not trust it, right? I trust it for everything else. I can't trust it for – I can't not trust it for the whole Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne thing. So I just I, – I, 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 I only brought it up because I want to keep everybody. Yeah. I don't even want to break up the band if, if possible. Like – the defense is it's it's weird for me this year because you know we're we're scream we've screamed multiple times in different pods like you know god damn it we're letting up 30 points we're giving up 30 points giving up 30 points um but but i still think that the defense is a strength that you can build on and mm-hmm. they're they're much closer than the offensive side of the ball to being really really good yep. um right now i think they're a, they're kind of on the cusp of being good I'm, i it's hard for me to call any defense good uh, of a two and seven team, and it's the same right. for the offense. I, I, I just can't do it. Um, but if you can keep the band together, and you can convince them that hey, this is the culture that you've been looking for uh, for the past three four years, we're building it. Please stay. Um, at least on the on on that that position group up front, you know the front four. Um, I, I would love to see it. Kind of I mean, this is this is like their coming out party, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is their first year of being a legit defense. So you're right. If we keep them together, I mean, the sky's the limit. I just think that this defense needs to find – to me, the only thing missing in this defense is a middle linebacker. If they get a middle linebacker, I think this defense – should make Landon Collins a middle a linebacker. Whole new lever. Hey, you know what? And put Cam Curl back there full time. We're good. Um, they get a middle linebacker. I think this defense is complete. Like it's his, a, it's his you know pass I mean? it's, rush grade is ninety four point one for Landon. Oh man, like elite. Yeah, I don't know who gets paid more. Do 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 middle linebackers get paid more than strong safeties? Or I, I don't know. Probably yeah, not. I, I don't know. I mean, I would assume they would though. But I mean, that's literally QB of the defense. In most defenses, you know, yeah, <clears throat> but but they they need someone with a good high IQ, and I, I thought that Ruben Foster would be it, but uh, he just yeah. panned out. I, I don't see him coming back next year. So. I mean, three straight years of injuries. I, who, who knows? Two straight years. But this this so called number one pass defense, and we don't get me wrong. I would Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback, but he had three touchdowns, no picks, and a. 127.8 rating against this defense. So, and, and they're not even that good. So it, I, I don't know. I think a couple of games inflated our stats. So I would just love to see them be competitive. Let's, 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 he's a rookie, right? A rookies are susceptible to blitzes. They're susceptible to masking coverages. If Jack Del Rio, you know, live up to your your legacy, let's let's script some stuff to to confuse this kid and, and really see what he's made of. And if he beats us, you know, off that, then hey, you know, you got beat. So I'd love to see I'd love to see the second half defense show up in the first half. Yeah, it'd be nice to see a more evenly balanced game all four quarters instead of up oh, third quarter, we're down seventeen. That seems to be the number. What's and the crazy thing is, is that they the things they they do things differently on defense in the second half. Like you'll, it's notably different. You will see 
the you know, like the Cam Curl blitzes we've seen twice in the fourth quarter. Why are we not seeing that in the first quarter? In it's those weird. scenarios, it, it's weird because it's we're always down big to start the second half, and then they're aggressive. Like they're not aggressive early in the game. Where like you can kind of afford to get punched in the mouth in the first quarter. You know, you you, you do a safety blitz. They they pick it up. They throw something over the top. They catch it and they got a forty fifty yard <clears> gain or a touchdown. It sucks. It's now seven nothing. But we're we'll be down twenty four to three. And that's when we start blitzing and doing like the more risky things that actually yield a success. So it's it's, it's an odd way of playing, calling games. It's interesting because we 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 do mix up coverages. Like we've seen everything from cover one to quarters to cover three. Like our defensive back, I do like the fact that we have a much more varied defense. But I want to see more of the exotic stuff that has worked for us in the third and fourth quarter in the first and second. We saw that against Philly. That's one of the reasons why we were able to start coming back early in that game was because our defense did things that we just haven't seen them do in the first half of games. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys listen? I don't know if you guys listening to uh, Kevin and and Cooley's. Nah, you said that earlier. I forgot to go back and listen to it. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, the podcast I haven't listened to. That was the Springs interview today, Sean Springs interview today on, on Dwayne. But I was talking about the grades that they gave. Cooley was – he gave Alex Smith a very good grade, which I was shocked. I need to go back and listen to it from start to finish. I was uh, This is my morning commute and my evening commute. I broke it up into two segments. But he really gave Alex a – fantastic grade not I'll, I'll say exceptional not excellent but exceptional take that for what it's worth but uh, he did miss a lot of open you know flat McKissick throws and he missed some guys downfield but overall he he you know Cooley said Alex kept these guys kept this team in the game last week and I was I was kind of shocked to hear that well <sighs> Who else could you say did on offense? It wasn't Antonio Gibson because they didn't run the ball. No, they they made their money down in the red zone, which is okay. Which is the court. That's what I'm saying. That's what I, my previous comment was like. Alex got these guys to the red zone, and then the running backs took it home, and 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 that's okay. If if that that's fine. Three touchdowns by running backs on runs. That that's perfectly fine. It looks a little bit hollow. Um, I think Alex missed some opportunities. Missed some opportunities, but. 390 and no touchdowns, it just makes you like, eh, that's like Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? When we played the Bucks, he had 500 yards and no touchdowns or one touchdown or something like that. So that's why I said Alex needs to, it'd be nice if Alex could get some, some, some touchdown passes outside of the red zone to make the difference, you know? Yeah. Need to. I mean, would be nice. Hopefully it's coming. Hopefully I mean, he's the one guy. he Hopefully has, he's a, was- a long term guy. So hopefully, hopefully he could do. Yeah, it. but the, 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 you're right. The one, t- yeah. the one touchdown pass he had was not him. That was no was him, him throwing into Terry with four Giants. Was it Giants? Yeah, yeah. Four Giants around him, and Terry made the rest happen. So technically, he he could have. I know that's not how it works. He could have zero touchdown passes. So, but that's not how it's. That's not how the game works. But I get it. But they put us in positions to win. Yeah. You know, it's a great way to put yourself in a position to win, to take the lead early and hold it. Yeah, actually win. 
Yeah, I'm with you. We we, we did it once this year, guys. Let's try that again. Dallas. Exactly. I mean, so the so the so the Bengals defense is not. We haven't really talked about it, but that's because there's not much to. Their talk run about. defense is putrid. It, that's one reason why I want 30 carries this game. Their run it, defense is awful. And if you're looking at the same numbers we are, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. It's not. I mean, they're not good. They're they're just not a good defense. So why not, right? I don't even want the first fucking five plays to be a, a pass. Just, just run. run. Just run just it. Run just run it. To see what happens. Something different. Just do, yeah. I don't. Yeah. They're ranked. They're ranked twenty. Uh, twenty first in. Uh, excuse me. Twenty seventh in rushing defense, and thirtieth in pass defense. Oh God. They're. I hope they don't zero in on that stat. <laughs> mm. I mean the def, The they're they're giving up basically twenty one touchdowns. And eight, but they're thirtieth. They're thirtieth in pass defense against Baker Mayfield and Ben Roethlisberger. I know. Not That's Alex true. Smith. They're giving. They're averaging five yards, five yards a carry on on defense um, for rushing <laughs> purposes. If you guys could so. see Phil's face right now. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I know. So look, I would. You know what? My ultimate dream would be was Alex goes out there and goes like ten for twenty five for like one hundred and two yards and six interceptions, and we somehow win the game because Antonio Gibson runs for two hundred yards, or Peyton Barber goes off, or Hal McKissick. I read McKissick went off because it would just usher out this era of Alex and be over with with this nonsense that I am sick and tired of, but. I got a root for him because he's our quarterback and I am a fan of the team above all things. But if I were to have it my way, we find a way for Alex to play himself out of this starting gig. We put Dwayne back in. We see what we have the rest of the season. And then we move on one way or another, but we move on from Alex because look, if the Lions had a better pass rush, Alex gets hurt. In that last game, just because he's he's a statue in the pocket, dropping back that much kills me. Predictions. <laughs> it's that time. Did, did we get predictions from Ellie or uh, or Dev? We did not. We did not. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up right now. We can go through ours. Ellie is asleep because you know he gets up at three thirty in the morning to run. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start it off then. So my prediction, I was optimistic last week on this team. Fuck that. Not happening. Not going to do it again. Uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, it's not going to happen. I'm not George Bush. I know the quote. I'm not going to be fooled by you again. So fool me I once, think, can't fool me again. <laughs> yeah. Shame on, shame on, can't be fooled again. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I think the Bengals will take this game. I think Joe Burrow is unfortunately going to have a monster game. Um, we'll get to him. We'll get some sacks. Um, we'll create some pressure. But I just think that uh, they'll have more positive plays than negative plays, and they'll get the win. Uh, final score will be... 42 to 10. Woo. 42 to 10. He's back, to guys. 10. I, hey, prove me wrong. Washington football <laughs> team, if this ever gets to you, prove me wrong. Prove the entire fan base wrong because you, quite frankly, at 2 and 7, after being 1 and 3 and telling us, Coach Ron Rivera, that we are a football team deserving of playing for the playoff positioning and needed just one player to swap out. 
we are one and four since then. So prove me wrong. Go win some football games. Go win the division like you said you want to do. Until that happens, you are going to get your ass beat 42 to 10. Phil? Well, let me say this. I am not quite in the same position as Rod in terms of (laughs) that level of score predicting. However, I predict that we're going to see a repeat of the past four games. It's going to come down to something close at the end, or we're going to fall just short. Um, And I'm predicting 30, no, I'm predicting 27 to 24 Bengals. Um, We'll probably be down 21 to 3 at halftime. We'll come roaring back, but they'll kick a couple field goals to keep the distance. So 27-24. And I also predict that some way, somehow, Samaj P. Ryan is a difference maker for the Bengals. Because that's how it always happens, right? <laughs> yes. Well, AP really only had, he only had what twenty yards last week, but still. very true. That's because we expected AP to go off. Not many people expect Samaj P. Ryan to go off. So for me, I, I'm going 31-27 Cincinnati. So Vegas has actually the Washington football team at minus two, which means we're favorite at two points, but it's a home game. So usually a home games are, th- are, are three points. It's a home coming game. So in reality, it's Bengals minus one. So take it for what you, what, what you want. I'm calling Cincinnati 31, 27. Um, I think they're going to give us a nice pounding of Giovanni Bernard and Samaj P. Ryan because our run defense is a little bit suspect. And then right when we start biting on the run, I think they're going to open it up with um, T. Higgins and A.J. Boyd. So, I mean, don't count on A.J. Green. Yep, he's older, and he got targeted 13 times last game. So, you never know. Joe Joe Burrow is is a good quarter. Excuse me, is a good quarterback. All things being equal, he's here to stay. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And you know. We're going to have our hands full. I, I don't think this isn't a rollover game. This is a very, very evenly matched game, and I think they just come out on top, 31-27. If I had more faith in our offense, I might feel differently. But we don't we, – we, we wait until the second half to keep teams off the field. True. And if I have more faith in our offense, do, the, do these things in the first half – I think our defense could do more simply because of the fact that they're not spending 20 of the first 30 minutes of the game on the field. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's where we're all at this point now. Where we Against a team like the Bengals, which is a team that is much like Detroit, New York, and Dallas before it, Dallas being the exception on how they played or how we played, we just see the same result again until something changes. And – it's up to our. It's up to Washington to make those changes. And I have no faith in them. Pretty <laughs> wrong. I, I mean, it's a homecoming game for us too. That's why I'm so like pessimistic because like that homecoming crap has blown up in our face. Pretty much every year we've had a homecoming game. Like 
I think the Panthers were on record a couple of years ago. Like, how dare you? Like, like this is a high school. You 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 typically have your homecoming game scheduled for like a Peter Puffer opponent, and we get punched in the mouth. I mean, granted, there's no fans again. I think they rescinded the fan policy, so uh, it won't be filled with Bengals fans like it typically would be um, with a home game for the Skins. But this is the the token homecoming game where they'd yep. be wearing the. Oh, so here's a question. I wonder if they'll be wearing the gold pants in uh, burgundy tops with gold helmets like they usually wear. That's. A, I wonder what they're going to do under they, Jason Wright with the new first year of homecoming because usually they that's that's what they wear, right? Throwback. They didn't do it last year. They didn't. I don't think so. They went back wrong. to that stupid. Uh, remember that that dope uniform they had Griffin's rookie year. They've been wearing that uniform, but instead of wearing like that fake leather helmet, the league doesn't allow you to have two helmets anymore. So they have to, they would just wear like their normal red. They wear normal, uniform. normal helmet without the stripe. They just take the stripe off. But that's what our helmet is now is the old helmet with no stripe and the W on the side. Or the numbers. So that's right. They had the, the yeah, they had the gold, uh, the gold gold with the darker burgundy. That's yep. what they wore. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Steve was talking about the gold, like what's in his picture in the background there. Oh, piss you really? No, I was mustard. talking about the the dark gold. Yeah, yeah. Pants and the mm-hmm. burgundy tops, and then the, yep. the you know the full throwback. I I just it'll always to me it'll always be the Robert Griffin versus the Carolina Panthers game. Chargers, Chargers. I was at that game. No, it was the Panthers game where they wore those uniforms, and that what that's what turned after that loss. They turned the season around and ripped off um, what seven straight, six straight. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the uniform. It's the dark, dark gold, not the muscle. Oh, okay, you talking about that? See, I always equate it to the 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 last great Griffin game I remember, which was the thir- twenty thirteen against the Chargers, when he threw for over three hundred, and Garcon had the two um, one handed catches in one game. The one was just a reach up. The other one, he was sliding caught with one arm behind him. Yeah, See, I remember. I was at that game. I remember that one. And that, for some reason, I thought that was the first time we did the uh, the golden burgundy. I didn't realize we did it in 2012. So yeah, this, that was this, the, that was the this, first year they did it. It was awesome. This is the one I'm talking about. Can you see this one? The Jamison Crowder uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one. I, that's the one I was talking about. The Griffin one is better though, with that fucking leather-looking helmet. That was the awesome one. I love that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was this. That I was the OG that was one. San Diego game. Yeah, because I remember that uniform. So th- the first time we ever wore those was 2012, the one that Griffin has, and then 2013 and on, we went to the one like Jameson Crowder has with the with the the burgundy helmet with the normal yeah. helmet yeah. yeah you see how there's no there's they have the burgundy helmet with no stripe on it bastards in that, yep. well the league did that to us yeah i hate the league i hate them so john mara probably had something to do with that too i'm sure let, he let, did let's uh Fucking let's asshole. deliver ellie's prediction yes oh he gave one he did my man, see, he must be listening somehow. He's he's on cue with me. I said forty two. What I said forty two to ten. Ellie predicted forty two twenty one Bengals. Let's go. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the Bash brothers are back. <laughs> Swear to God, Ellie is like the emperor to your Darth Vader. He's just like let the hate flow through you. <laughs> 
which is funny because it's when like, the season well, started, he was the here's, most here's positive inside out of baseball all of us. for those listening. Rod does this wonderful thing where he like you know where where Steve will, or, or Ellie, I'm sorry, Ellie will feed into that negative side of Rod. It just be like good, good. And I'm like, no, I want Rod to have a good week. I love I don't it. Want him to feel awful. I've gotten to the point where if I start seeing dumb shit on Twitter, the first person I tag is Ellie. <laughs> he just jumps in. It's like tag. By the way, people out in Twitter land, see, I see what y'all are saying. Rod provides this information to us. And you really should be glad I don't have Twitter. And this is it. why I don't have Twitter. You should get it. It's great. You get you get such ridiculous like feed. It's it's ridiculous, man. Twitter is literally the thoughts of an insane person, which is why I stay off of it. That's probably a good reason to do. Yeah, it's it's fucking Arkham Asylum in the flesh, no doubt. Enough no people doubt. think I'm insane as it is. It's not even <laughs> you being insane. It's it's looking at the insane musings of some other idiot out there. I know. I mean, maybe I should join just to make myself feel better. That's it. and nothing from dev so so far we're 0 for 4 though i don't think any of us have predicted a a washington win on sunday which will be the first time this season well no no no. first time in many many weeks that that hasn't happened it's funny though like you said like ellie saying hey 42 21 he did start off the most optimistic out of all of us um I mean, I, I had us ten like six and ten. I think there was a couple of five and elevens, seven and nines. I was I think at seven he, and nine, yeah. And I think he was ten and six. No, I was six and ten, and then I revised mine seven and nine. I was, I said somewhere in that range. Yeah, it's it's weird though. The Washington football team is on um, they're on slippery slopes, man. Because if if a lot of people feel the way I do, um, they really better come out with something incredible with the rebranding to really get people excited and pumped up again. Cause I, I used to get so pissed off when we would lose, I would be mad. I wouldn't want to talk to my family. Like, like yeah. fucking stupid shit. I'm, I'm a, I'm a married father with three small children and this team would drive me to the edge of insanity and so much dark rage. where like, I wouldn't want to talk to my kids. It's like, it's, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Like it's something I'm, it this makes is like our, therapy session, an man. entire bad week. It does. It, it does. Like I come upstairs. I always watch the football game in the basement after loss, I come upstairs and like my wife would ask me like, like sheepishly, like she's fucking like, did, did you guys win? I'm like, no, like it's like fucking it's like Beauty and the Beast where Bell asked like the Beast like to join him for dinner or something like that. He's like, no, get out of here. Like that's how I'd be like a complete yeah. belligerent asshole. Yep. And I, I, I'm at the point now, dude, like I'm not like I watch the game. Like literally I'm in the game chat with you guys and I'm fucking laughing. Like, I'm laughing at the stupidity in the inept play of this damn team. It doesn't bother me anymore, and that's scary. Like, it's scary because... It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me when I expect it. I I expected better, like, against the Giants, against the Lions. So those losses bother me because it's like, we should have been able to beat these guys. And that's the thing. Like, I, I, I said, like, I was negative, like, versus the Giants, those two games. And I come back, I said, you know, we're going to beat the Lions. I think we're going to have a good game. We didn't, and it didn't even bother me. Like, I was not even mad. Like, I literally, like, I, I go upstairs, and wife's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, you know, nothing. I said, oh, we lost the game. 
I mean, I was only day two back from quarantine. I'm, I'm wearing my freaking mask upstairs. I go upstairs to get like some freaking water. I come back downstairs in the basement and like everything's fine. Like I just start watching Red Zone for the rest of the afternoon. So, uh, see, I, I I haven't quite got to that that level of apathy. I, I mean, I have more understanding, but I don't know. I do think that your mentality and mine and a lot of the people's will change if we ever start winning again. Because once yeah. we start expecting it, that mentality changes. We just haven't had that in quite some time. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I hope it comes. It, it has to come soon, man. It, it really, really does. Like, it's – I have waning joy watching this damn team. And I'm not – like, I, I – I, I you talk to you guys. Him. I say like it's like I always tell you guys, like, dude, I'm gonna leave. Like I'm gonna get another team. Like I'm, I'm just done. I'm, I, I'm just gonna like be like like asexual football fan. Like don't give a hell <laughs> who I'm freaking rooting for. I just want to watch football. Like it's getting to that point, man. It's but painful. You know it sucks. That's that's the definition of an addict. I hate to say yeah. it. You come on back. God damn it. Nothing You're you right. can do about it. You're right. They better start winning, though. I'm I'm sick of this. But I'm there's, sick of being a doormat, man. There's always being next a year. fan of this team is like being an addict. When you win, it's like exhilarating, high, and then when you lose, it's just like the doldrums and just depression. I would be and, better if we started the year zero and one, and we we split the Giants, like like Philly beating Philly week one with. All the preseason predictions saying, "Hey, Philly's probably the class of the you know, of the East. They're the only team without a new head coach, new system, yada yada." Beating them felt so good, and you're like, "Holy shit! Like, is this is this legit? Is this real?" And then it comes out that Dwayne Haskins had a a, a, a halftime speech because Ron was down getting an IV. You're like, "What yep. in the world is going on? Like, have we arrived? Is this real?" No, nope. then the rest of the season has been <laughs> a complete Wu Tang album skit where your nuts are on the table and you're just getting them bashed in. We were habitual line steppers, according to Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Oh, man. Oh, well. Well. I think we're getting towards the end of another pod, so it's time for the shout-out. So uh, who are we shouting out this evening? I'm going to give a shout-out to Adam Aniba, also known as Adam Hale DC. Uh, the dude's busy, man. He's he's always uh, traveling around. He's like the, the local sports caster dude who's – showing up on everyone's pod trying to get his word out there man and it's funny it's it's either adam or his wife heather shout out to him him and heather yeah doing that thing heather will be in the group uh you know dropping the link um but i need y'all to just interact with us man chat chat jump on the uh jump on the game day chat uh talk talk with us or really tell tell the group why we need to uh jump onto your guys podcast or or click a link uh, but you know, shout out to you, you know, and shout out to anyone you know who's who's doing Redskins slash Washington football team content. You know, I guess even though in, in my apathy, you can never truly get enough of this team. Uh, shout out to Ellie, my evil uh, brother, 
in crime, partner in crime, I guess, for having the same prediction unknowingly to him, saying that the Bengals are going to score 42 points. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, shout to all Redskins addicts across the world. Uh, Phil, who are you shouting out? Uh, well, I guess we should we should drop drop the news here. Um, shout out to myself. Well, first of all, shout out to Dev because we didn't shout him out and he's not here. Um, but Dev's out there hard hard working and doing what he needs to do to get uh, Rod's car built. Hey, you. Um, but I guess we'll drop the news. Uh, your boy here probably has the Rona. Um. Been around my parents, my mother, and my father both tested positive for coronavirus. And um, so I'm on quarantine awaiting my results. I'm assuming since I was around the two of them. And then I started getting a little bit of a cold. Y'all can hear it. Um, that I'm probably going to have it too. I'll be fine. Uh, I'm Nothing serious going on here. My father, he's 77. Nothing serious going on with him. Uh, my mother just literally, I found out right before we started the, the pod that my mother's being moved to the ICU and uh, is having serious difficulty breathing. She has some sort of little spots that formed in her lungs. Her oxygen was as low as in the 70s. Um, so shout out to my mother. She came to this country when she was 16 years old, didn't know how to speak a word of English, came from Brazil, um, taught herself how to speak English, worked. 12 night there are 12 hour nights overnights in high school as an in-home caretaker just helping send money back to her three siblings in brazil um and you know now she has three master's degrees and has a wonderful job teaching online from home um so shout out to her if there's one person i know who can persevere through anything it's my mother so um if uh all y'all listening if y'all keep her in your thoughts i'd appreciate it Definitely, man. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Shout out to Phil's mom in the most serious, serious statement. Normally, you don't say shout out to someone else's mom and, and be serious about it, but yeah, oh. shout out, shout out to you guys, man. Stay healthy. It's crazy times we're going through right now. Um, I'll give a shout out to uh, Chris McDaniel. I know Ellie get it last week on uh, Monday, but I'll give another shout out, man. Still posting some great content and. Um, just thanks for everyone in the group to to keep everything civilized. You know, we haven't had a lot of post reporting, so thanks for the good dialogue and um, you know, just a quick test. Anyone who who posts a score prediction and tags me and you get it right, I'll send you a, a Washington football team lanyard. I got four of them in the mail. I ordered them back in September. They finally showed up. I have four Washington football team long lanyards. Um, so if you post a score, tag me, Stephen Lim, Steve Lim in the Facebook group, I will send you a lanyard if you post a score and get it right. Um, maybe I'll put What's your I'll Twitter st- tag too, man, because uh, I'll add at, it to the uh, – You know what? I, I, I think it's on. at Steve Lim underscore DC. I, I think that's what it is, yes. I don't even know my Twitter own Twitter handle. Man. God, man, that was a, I was trying to give you – you, at Steve Lim underscore DC. At Steve Lim underscore DC. So <laughs> – yeah, if you if you if you post the game score, you get it right. I'll give you, I'll send you a lanyard free of charge. I'll pay for everything. So yeah, shout out to the group. Um, 
hey, take this podcast, share it and all the other Redskins groups, you know, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter. We're trying to grow. We'd love to have you on here. Hit any of us up, me, Sean, Sean Deveron, Shears, Ellie Suggs, Phil Croninger, Roddy Thomas. Let us know if you want to come on this pod, man, and, 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 and give us your thought on this team, and we'd love to have you. So let's go. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's good. And yeah, uh, just to you, Phil, and your family, man, you're definitely going to be in my thoughts and prayers in the uh, you know, next couple of days, hours, whatnot. Just uh, stay strong. It's uh, it's real. We always we, we always end a pod either joking or serious. Um, <laughs> it's just it's it's an incredible the dynamic the that we have. Serious. I know, man. It's it's like literally like Walter Cronkite fucking, uh, you know, signing off CBS News or something. But uh. Yeah, at least today, you know, here in Kansas, we got the news that my kids were already remote learning, but um, we're fifth in the nation here in Kansas in COVID cases, and it's uh, rapidly rising. So uh, Leavenworth County is where I'm staying at, um, and I think they're roughly about a 40% positive rate with all the testing. It was at like 5 to 8% earlier in the year um, throughout the most of the year, so it's, it's replicating, and when people are actually feeling sick and going to get tested, it's actually proving to be COVID. Uh, before it was just, hey, you have the cold, go go take some vitamin C and sit down. Uh, so, yeah, schools will be going 100% remote out here uh, next couple of weeks. A uh, lot of stress in the community here. I'm pretty sure that it's the same throughout the country in, in many locations. I know in Connecticut, where I'm from, uh, something similar is, is happening. At least we're getting... 11 days of prep um connecticut they had just told folks the day before like hey your kids don't come to school tomorrow they're going to be remote learners holy shit Um, new york state did the same thing yeah just just wild man so uh yeah you know as as, as fellow americans we're the election's over you know we have an incoming president likely i know it's still under debate uh under legal review from the current POTUS, but i don't see it being successfully challenged Uh, but beyond that uh, Republican, Democrat, liberal, uh, conservative, libertarian, independent. It doesn't matter for all Americans. We're all in this together. So uh, stay strong, stay safe, and uh, hail to the Redskins, I guess, y'all. Hail to the football team. Let's go. Take care, man. Peace. See, see y'all Peace. Sunday at 11. Be there. We'll Peace. Be square. I'll be Peace. there keeping the Rona in this room. Peace. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Thanks for the the joking end to that. (laughs) Later.